Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Listen! Hello and welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat, IGN's Nintendo podcast. I'm your host, Casey DeFridis, and today I'm joined today by Janet Garcia. Hey. Per Schneider. Hello. And Ryan McCaffrey. Howdy. I don't know if you guys noticed or if I've gone on our Nintendo Voice Chat podcast forums on Facebook, but this is Janet. She's been there a ton, yep. and now she's joined us as a wiki editor this week. This is her first time on a podcast. This is her first week at IGN. Damn. Super excited to have you. So Facebook is now actually manifesting real human beings out of Facebook posts. That's yeah. true. You were a Facebook entity, and now yes. you're a real yep. human. Straight from Submission Sunday. Amazing. Awesome. Which were great submissions. Thanks. Which is why you're here. Yeah. With a ton of other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully more than just submission. <laughs> more than just your Sunday I just spammed Facebook until That's it. you guys run me. All right, we'll hire her. Fine. <laughs> and if you're watching on YouTube, you can see our faces today. <gasps> I know. It's back. And this is all thanks to Destin Legary. And you can find him on Twitter at Destin Legary on Twitter, which is what I just said. But go thank him. Thank him because he made this possible. He made this super easy to do. We press a couple buttons and then. It gets recorded. Excellent. Yeah. We still messed it up before we started this. We managed yeah. to get it wrong anyway. What? Yeah. This is yeah, well, this before we started. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. fine now. We did. It's cool. It's Why fine. did you have to give that away? Yeah. Because not, gonna, honesty is the best policy. All right. Fine. Yeah. I did have a, a great 15-minute crash course training on how to do all of this, and yeah. uh, the keyboard didn't work, but now it is. And today on Nintendo Voice Chat, we're going to talk about Nintendo stuff. Who would know? But specifically, we're going to talk about VR, which is why Ryan is here, because Hi. he is big into Mario and VR Labo. Like Labo VR specifically. Yeah. We're going to talk about SteamWorld Quest yeah. and some news. Like, uh, did Nintendo just reveal a stage creator by accident? They sure did. Nothing's yeah. by accident. That's right. Well, I'm I'm excited for that. And then, of course, a ton of different question block questions because you guys sent us a ton on our email. So let's get started. Um, so VR for Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild was announced a few days ago. Did not expect. Out yeah, of nowhere. Not at all. So we're going to be able to play Breath of the Wild entirely in VR. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no will strap. will you? Yeah. Can you can. But you have there's no strap. So you have to you can't yeah. you'd have to hold it to your head the whole yeah. time. Just lay down on the ground. And basically play with like this with, mm-hmm. the, with the, your hands up. Yeah, it's running the joy you're, you're holding it like so we do yeah. have Labo VR in the office. I don't know by the time this goes up. It's okay. Will our review be up? No. Not, not no, yet. we got we got the copy late, unfortunately. So okay, yeah, we're working we're, on it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. we have some hands on, at least with just the goggles. Yeah, mm-hmm. what do you guys think? Um, I, I think we have differing opinions, but I think Ryan <laughs> should start first. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, well, so okay, 
to, to caveat this, the the Super Mario Odyssey and Breath of the Wild experiences are not available yet. And we haven't built the bird bite. It will bite be yet. available yeah. on April 25th. Yes. Right. Okay. Um, so I've, I only breezed through a number of the mini games yep. that are just in there. I thought they were all pretty terrible, honestly. <laughs> and as far as I like VR. So yep. I have a seven-year-old daughter, and we've been having a genuinely great time. I think Labo is actually underrated in mm-hmm. general. Um, if you're, you know, if you're a gamer without kids, okay, I could see how it's probably not for you. But if you have a kid of the right age, prob- yeah. you know, probably I don't know, ten, maybe twelve or under. Like, I really think Labo is a fun parent kid activity that that mixes a little, you know, you get a little video game time in there. But it's you're building it together, and it's I've we the two of us we've had a great great time with it. But yeah, like trying out the cardboard headset goggle thing with. These little mini games, it felt like the mini games were thrown together in an afternoon by Nintendo designers. And some of and them are barely mini games. So we should it's, caveat that. Know, so the the section we got to try, we haven't gone into the the bigger stuff yet. The right. section we got to try were specifically, uh, it's a little mini game collection that you can play while the holding Plaza. the go- goggles up. So right. without building the the bird butt, or absolutely, the, the so th- elephant or whatever, all the different contraptions. It, 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 it literally will. Yeah. It only gets better. Like we've played the the lowest common <laughs> denominator of this of this Labo kit. And so just so people know what they are, it's basically. They have very simple physics tools. One is where you swing a, a baseball bat. One is right. where you drive a car around from a third-person perspective. And one is, uh, you know, like little rag dolls, like little animal yeah, dolls. Yeah, there's a basketball you can, one. You, yeah, you take one of the controllers off, and you still hold the the Labo VR to your face with the left hand, and you can uh, uh, you can grab the animals and, like, shake them around. But that's it. They're very, very simple, like, gravity-based things. Yeah. It does. Did, were you able to play it, Janet? Yeah, I was able to get yep. a little bit of time with it. What do you it, think? It's okay. It feels a lot like, and a few people in the office agreed with this, uh, those viewfinders or the viewmasters you see <laughs> yeah, the red, as a kid yeah. where you like lift it up to your yeah. face and, and flip through. So as far as VR, having come from like the PSVR background, it definitely feels more like you're looking into a portal and sort of interacting with that rather than being like fully immersed in the experience. Now, of course, like I don't think anyone was expecting like a full on like VR experience from this little like cardboard toy, but it definitely kind of lacks the core appeal of VR, which is the immersive aspect. It's hard to really feel like you're in a new world and participating right. in it when you're holding like, you know, half the switch in one hand and then the Joy-Con in the other. That's one reason that even though they're a pain, like the PS Move controllers are so essential to like a really good VR experience. Not that the DualShock 4 isn't is bad, but right. yeah, it kind of lacks that, so it feels a little bit more like you're looking into something, you're like fiddling around with it in a very baseline way, but it's not really anything that's phenomenal. It's like it's a very safe kind of construction project slash my first VR setup, yeah, right? I was just thinking Fisher Price, my first y- VR yeah. kit. And and not not to be disparaging, it is obviously a toy that you build and you you try out these different functions and uh, some of the appeal is in the cardboard constructions, mm-hmm. which we haven't built the uh, advanced stuff yet, but the, the basic mini games are very, very simple. If you've played PSVR, you will look at them for you know 15 seconds and you're out. Um, as far as visual fidelity goes, I was actually surprised at you know how like I was expecting it to be super blurry mm-hmm. compared to the PSVR, which is already blurry sure. as well, right? And the PSVR is 1080p. There's a 720p on yes. the on the little screen that you strap to your head, but um, it's all right. They did some cool tricks. Um, 
it's not visually impressive. Everything is very Wii Sports-like, super mm-hmm. simple. Um, but when you move your head fast, they, they do this motion blur to prevent you from getting sick. And I actually wasn't feeling queer, uh, queasy. Yeah, it's I, definitely not immersive because no, of that. But yeah. I, that, that said, I am so as as the person that gave Super mm-hmm. Mario Odyssey a ten out of ten, and it's oh, that was you. That was me, and it, that it might be my favorite game of the generation so oh, far. Wow. Even though I don't know how we define the generation with regard to Nintendo anymore. Um, certainly, it's my favorite game on Switch. I'll mm-hmm. say that. Uh, I am really, really curious to see what the VR experience for Odyssey is like. Apparently, it's three mini missions. Across uh, Cap Seaside and and the Luncheon Kingdom, so yeah. you know I'm not expecting any sort of like grand expansion pack level total new experience, but I want to see what it's uh, what it's like to theoretically be in that world if that's sort of how the yeah me too is especially be. because it's going to be the first time we really see like full on support for Odyssey. Now we did have like Balloon World, but. I don't know about you guys. I didn't really like dig into that a whole lot. Yeah, it wasn't really that appealing bit. because that one was more like inviting players to create content for the game. This is like Nintendo specifically designed this with this har- hardware, if you want to get mm-hmm. it's hardware. It's kind of weird. Hardware, hardware we call hardware. it. Hardware. Yeah. <laughs> with this hardware in mind. So I'm really excited to be able to look around and kind of play around like that. I know... Um, you know, in the show notes, we mentioned comparing it to like Astrobot, which was, you know, everyone like loved that platformer that got a chance to play it in PSVR. So I'm really interested in like putzing around there because it's going to be specific for it. As far as Breath of the Wild, it's like, okay, we're kind of just tacking that on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though cardboard VR is way different than like PSVR or Oculus, like, those experiences are always better when they're designed with the platform in mind. It's, I mean, and again, they they don't let you strap the the goggles to your head because presumably, you know, it could fall. You know, it's not a it's very sturdy construction. Well, like you don't want your screen to fall. Mm-hmm. And so Zelda is a game where you, you need your two hands to play it. You <laughs> want to be going immersed. To come up with a solution for what, that. Uh, what is Tom's he's, solution? He's going to make. A head strap. Out of, of course, pie? Tom will out make of, one. Out of pie. Out of pie crust. So you can yes, eat it yeah. when you're done. No, out of cardboard, I assume. And duct tape, probably. You well, just duct tape it to your face. I don't know. Even playing just those mini games for just a couple of minutes, mm-hmm. I just, just keeping my arms up with my hands yeah, next art. to my face, I just... Your shoulders are going to get sore. Uh, it's our, a trap workout. <laughs> our ever cynical reviews editor Dan Stapleton said, uh, "I hope he doesn't mind me <laughs> relaying this." We've been, but we've been oh no, he's been him. publicly yeah. hateful. He said, uh, "He said they probably didn't put a strap on it to wear on your head because they know you're not going to want to use it for more than about thirty seconds at a time for when you're until your shoulder oh, no. gets tired." It, but it may have gone into the thinking that they know the limitation of the display. You know, the, being 720p, that that yeah. you don't want to stare at it for long time and then Zelda does not run at 60 right a lot of these simple demos run smoothly and even then they introduce this motion blur Zelda is it it might make you feel queasy if you spend too much time in that there's kind of one one other serious note too Um, what's interesting is most VR is rated for uh, older children Mm -hmm. physically Mm -hmm. not not the like me experience yeah like and and the Labo VR kit says 7 plus and it's like I mean, every parent's different. Every, you know, I'm certainly not judging anyone or saying what anybody should or shouldn't do. But I don't know yet how I feel about handing my seven-year-old daughter a, you know, VR thing to hold up to her face. Like, you know, mm-hmm. she's got young, d- developing eyes. Like, I mean, I don't know. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't know if I want her having a screen right up, right up on her, literally on her face. Luckily, her arms will get tired after ten seconds, so <laughs> yeah. probably not enough uh, time to cause and, damage. And maybe there. that's it. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. But that's it's just another consideration mm-hmm. yeah. too. As as you're, I mean, I, I'm so glad that Labo has 
survived. I don't know if I'm I, not, we don't know if it's thrived, but it's you know when it came out, at least among the core hardcore Nintendo audience, uh, it seemed to fall fairly flat. But it's mm-hmm. clearly done well enough that we're on to. I mean, this is what pack number four now. I think yeah. we've had. The initial, there's like been three. Pack other number four, and right. then you get the half packs with this one. So yeah. clearly, clearly, it's something that they're internally excited about. It's something that they use for education as well. Mm-hmm. You know, they, uh, I, I think it's a, a perfect tool set for you know, coding classes where they teach uh, young kids to code. I think it's just such a creative little project. I understand the the pushback against the lack of permanence, right? I have a ton of cardboard. I don't know where to put it now uh, either. Um, and I actually re- I recently Target was dumping them for seventeen yeah. to twenty bucks, all three kits. And I bought extras. I'm just going to keep them for the future because you're they'll give be... them. A, you're going to give them out as Christmas gifts. No, I'm, I'm going to wait till they're worth a hundred dollars, and I'll make eighty on each. I'm never going to sell. I'm just going to sit on them like Smaug on a hoard and and be happy that I still have Who them dares? in twenty just years when all cardboard when there's no more cardboard in the world because all the trees are gone. Right. So, well, Amazon will have used all the cardboard. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I reuse those boxes to return the things I buy on Amazon. You pack wow. stuff in Labo. No. Okay. She meant Amazon yeah. boxes. Yeah, Amazon boxes. Oh, I know. But one thing I was pleasantly surprised, um, you can wear these, uh, the VR goggles um, with Labo, with glasses perfectly comfortably. Oh, yeah. That was great. Which is really nice, because usually that's a that's the, a problem. The Switch is a very large screen yeah. <laughs> if you hold with, it up to um, your face. Oh, kind of a, you can really tell the um, the pixelation is very apparent when you yeah. have it that close as well, which is kind of... A uh, different experience from the other, uh, like Oculus and PSVR. Yeah. I mean, you have experience. to calibrate your expectations accordingly. Yeah. Like, this isn't going to be a, the HTC Vive. Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> it's just yeah. not. I will say, it, it was still like amusing to try out, though, and yeah. I'm like still interested Absolutely. to see, like especially when we build the other like aspects of it, like the the bird butt and bird all that butt, weird man. stuff. Like, I'm excited to try it out, and I think that is the one really nice thing about this, and it is a toy. So it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, VR in general always feels more playful to me than mm-hmm. other gaming experiences that you can have in the modern era. So I think that still is like kind of an appeal point. You're not really going to get, this isn't budget VR, but it is kind of like, hey, a new, fun, weird experience that you can only get this cheap on this platform, yeah. technically, even though it's it's not like full-on VR, but it's pretty fun yeah. just to try out. I agree. And even just building all of the contraptions together with your kid or a friend would yep. be a fun experience. I'll be doing That's that. I'll, part. I'll report back after I build this stuff with yes. my youngest and... We've tried it all out. Yeah, I mean, even like the we did the steering wheel, mm-hmm. uh, and then it's and it's sort of this you know truck mini game where you sort of drive around this world and you can do jumps and stuff. We barely played that. Like that was sort of a neat little reward for mm-hmm. when she mm-hmm. finished. Mm-hmm. We finished building it together that she got to sit down and play it. But the actual building of it was the was the fun part. That's it. Yeah, the and tinker crates. And you can lie on the floor and just put it. The VR goggles on your face, so then you don't. So if you're it. like, you got the David Hasselhoff drunk with a cheeseburger <laughs> yeah. in one hand, yeah. switch. But then VR when you look the left, it falls off. Oh no! Yeah. Just don't look left. Okay, yeah. so you have straight, to stare straight ahead at the sky in Zelda. <laughs> so that's uh, that's Le- um, Labo VR. The Mario Odyssey and Zelda experiences will be out on April 25th. Okay. Um, does this re- when does Labo VR release? Is it tomorrow or next week? 
I'll look that up. Might be. It, uh, no, it's, it is that. It is April 25th. All okay. That, yeah. All of it it's just out. Or, you know, we've got it. It's the, just the embargo is out. The embargo is tomorrow, yep, yep. which is today if you're watching this or listening okay. to this now. But hey, so we also got a really exciting game into the office, and uh, I think all of us have gotten a chance to play, maybe? I have not had a chance. You have yet. not had a chance. Aww. Well, I'm only admiring from afar. Did you play Dig? Did you play Dig too? You have to play that. You have to play Dig too. I think everyone is telling everyone that. You have to play SteamWorld Dig too. Your daughter would like it too. But SteamWorld Quest Mm -hmm. is coming out April 25th as well. And we have it in the office, and a bunch of us have been able to play. I played it for four hours on the plane last night, and I did not fall asleep on the plane. Nice. And that is a a, a feat. From your Florida trip. Yeah, so I actually wasn't here last week because Mm -hmm. I was on vacation and camping in Florida. And it was a fun time. I wasn't here either, though. You guys, uh, well, the the people who did the podcast who were not in this room fooled me. What? I started listening to the show, and they're like, and with us, we have Pierre Schneider. And Brian Altano said, hello. And it was, I was, I thought it was, was I thought it was an old episode and was about to like switch to the next one. Oh no. And I'm like, ah. I thought he was you too when I first That was so good. It It was a really good pair. Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. Um, But we're back. Yeah. And Zach isn't here because it's his birthday and Brian's not here because he's. Because it's his birthday. What kind of excuse is His parents surprised him. Zach and I share the same birthday, by the way. What? Happy, happy birthday. It was yesterday. And Jackie Jing too. At IGN. We've got triple Triforce. The IGN. It's the IGN umbrella academy yes, <laughs> yes. you guys it. all have weird powers yeah that's why you have that you tattoo know. on your wrist i have the power to annoy <laughs> that's right but um so you played it for four hours and yes. you hate it no i love it okay i really really enjoyed it um there are very few aspects that annoyed me um and i honestly so zach actually has a note here it says zach couldn't make it but loves the characters writing battle system but is not into character specific card post death and how everything is prohibitively expensive i see yeah, so what happens in this game, so the, the the cards are like spells and attacks that you can use. And you always get, at the start of a battle, you get a deck, and then you can, uh, you know, you, depending on whether you have the steam power and the points to play them, you can play, play them in sequence. And so you have some cards that will generate the power and some that use them. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to order things. The cards are character-specific. If one of the character dies... The cards are blocked out now, but they still take up space in your hand. Yeah, but you can every round you can replace two cards with new ones. So you can do a random redraw, but you might get a dead character's mm-hmm. cards again. So I can see that. But Zach, dude, don't let your characters yeah, die. What the die. hell, man? <laughs> yeah, it it does get more tough. Get good, Zach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and there are revive items, so mm-hmm. I mean you can use an yeah. item to bring somebody back. But you they just are have to pay very for them. expensive. Yep. Like even just the the basic healing items are mm-hmm. eighty gold a piece, yeah. and they're still like I can buy a new card with three hundred, so I don't want to spend the money on the the healing items. Yeah, so some some impressions, it is a it is a more linear RPG. So even though you know you you obviously you develop your characters, you can equip items and accessories and get more cards and even have uh, you know merchant craft cards for you. You are going into an area. You can explore it. You can avoid some enemies by going around them, or you can like like in Paper Mario, do like the first strike yeah. attack to uh, get a. a, a Get an so advantage, extra damage. but but the the areas are f- very finite, and once you finish the final boss of an area, you exit, mm-hmm. and then it'll tell you, oh, you found sixty percent of the treasure. You can actually go back in, find the treasure, and then quit at any time you have the treasure. So that's that's mm-hmm. nice. So it yeah. has this system. I know Tom is a little annoyed that um, you still have to go back in, that you can't see while you're in the level that mm-hmm. you're missing some of the treasure. Yeah, that I think that was his only negative feedback. But, but being able to leave whatever you want instead of having exactly. to finish is what makes that mm-hmm. okay in 
my opinion. And then so the the game systems are super fun. Um, I'm not a big card game player. I, I like this. The system is um, similar to a Paper Mario game where it just kind of feels like you uh, you can string together um, things in, in succession. For example, there may be a card uh, that if you play a card from another team member after it, you get a bonus mm -hmm. and the two team members team up. Mm -hmm. So it has like that character's face on it. So you want to play it before you play another one. If you play three cards by the same character, you get you unlock another bonus tied to the primary weapon. So it's really strategic and it's really fast and fun. Mm -hmm. You can hold a fast button. Um, I, I think it's really good too. Yeah, I really appreciate the fast button because usually with turn-based RPGs, it gets kind of slow, so just being able yep. to hold a button to speed things up, and you can do that in the overworld too to run faster, it's the same button. It's the Nintendo Switch, I'm playing portably right now, let's move this along button. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> right. What do you I've think? I've only done a couple of battles, um, honestly, so I have like 30 minutes of yep. it so far. Um, it's all right, I really like the animation, I think the writing can be really good, sometimes it's a little bit hokey, like it gets too jokey, and I'm like, mm, it's a it, little They're little dad cringe. jokes. Yeah, I'm like, mm. yeah. I'm like when, when you make too many of them, I'm like, okay, let's dial back, but um, it's all right. I'm not really into card games or like strategy games as much. So like as from like an outsider's perspective, mm -hmm. um, it's a little hard to say because I've only done 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. But um, I do enjoy that it feels like a little bit intuitive in the sense that like if you don't really read the cards that carefully, you can kind of get away with stuff and kind of yeah. start figuring it out. Because honestly, that's the big drawback for me when it comes to like real life card games and board games. Like I can enjoy playing them, but figuring out the yeah, rules. The learning and, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, the learning curve is just like so off-putting to me that I'm just like, oh my God, can we do something else that won't take mm -hmm. seven hours to set yeah. up? Like in real life board games. Yeah, no. They've, they've got, yeah, it's a little bit of that. You can, virtual, hit, you can hit minus on any card mm -hmm. and get a quick description yeah. of it, which is really nice. But I think one, once you play more, you probably only have two characters in the party yeah. right now. So yeah, you need that third person for the variety of attacks too. And what you can do is you can spe you can look at the enemies and see their weak points and so then fire, you know, electricity, what, whatever, like physical right. attacks. You you kind of start being much more strategic. And the descriptions about are it. actually not that long, just yeah. for like people yep. listening. They're you know it's like, like literally like seconds. two or three stats. Like it's not too much, mm -hmm. but when you really want to like, depending on how much you care about having like a really good playthrough, it might get kind of cumbersome after a while. And there's also three different uh, modes too. There's an easy, uh, like a medium and a hard. So mm -hmm. like maybe if honestly someone like me probably should start on easy, but I always just start on normal because I just mm -hmm. prefer to jump into that experience, get a sense of what the game's like. I also really like some of the attack names. Like I'm really mm -hmm. early on, but like the book bash move is hilarious because you just walk up and smack someone with a book. Yeah. So I do think there's like a lot of charm and personality there. Um, so I'll check it out a little bit more and, and see if it grabs me as, yep. as it starts to open up too. Cause even though it is very linear in those very beginning parts, it's like walk to the right hit A, walk to the right, and so I'm hoping the, that it'll... They're yeah. more branching parts for mm -hmm. uh, paths for sure, and then there are hidden areas um, where you can find um, uh, treasure, like you'll ha have to hit an obstacle and it breaks uh, breaks apart and you can mm -hmm. get through to an area you didn't know existed. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, good animation, really good, it's a cute and good looking game, and it is more of an RPG light. Like yeah. You are not going to have this massive inventory of things. Mm -hmm. It's very focused, um, but it feels like it has enough um, it has enough variety so that it, that all of the things you find and equip are meaningful. It's not just equip the latest item. I actually went back to an earlier item after finding a new sword because I just yeah. like the attacks better yeah. for the first I'm one. I'm still mm -hmm. using the first book from the um, 
gosh, I don't remember her name, but the alchemist. Yep. Because it um, once you use three cards at the same time, she puts up mana barriers for all of yeah, your the characters. Yeah, the barrier is great. Yeah. And that is just so important to keeping your characters alive. Yeah. And I've just found that significantly more useful than her damaging abilities. Because, yep. I mean, I got enough damaging. And it's uh, 25 bucks. So, yeah. You know, it's not, it's not bad at all. Mm -hmm. and, and it's out the same day Labo is, the 25th. Mm -hmm. what, what impresses me the most is how I mentioned Farm just keep like they keep moving through genres you know they've done tower defense they've done this kind of you know open world side scrolling game and now they're they're tackling rpgs Which, it's just really cool the degree of difficulty on that yeah. is a lot harder than it sounds because yeah. most developers you know they, yeah. they get good at something and then they keep getting better at it and refining it and it's tough to to jump genres yeah and they and turn-based strategy they did before that as well so uh, it's just kind of cool to see them apply the SteamWorld um, uh, characters and world and music to these different genres. Mm -hmm. This, I, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm just thinking about <laughs> playing tonight again. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, uh, Smash came out in December, but I think I'm going to jump back in very soon because Update 3.0 is coming out soon, and we expect Joker and a bunch of other stuff to come out, including the level editor and stage creator. Hmm. Which I am super excited for. I don't know. Did any of you guys ever mess with that in any of the previous I, Super Smash Bros. games? Yeah, uh, to make inappropriate looking stages. I mean, I did every not single time, every time. Thank you, Janet. <laughs> um, I did. Uh, the with, with the Wii U version, you could create some pretty cool looking stuff, you know. And if you've mm -hmm. uh, if you just Google. Um, uh, the stage creator, you'll find people who created master swords and really cool lava stages and all that. Um, I thought it was really cool. I remember the for Brawl, um, IGN actually, we, we created a, a, a microsite where you were able to upload your saves because yeah. Nintendo, of course, back then didn't build it <laughs> yeah. into their game. So we actually did something where you could export your save, put it online, and we shared them. We created this little database. Nice. We ran really that for, cool. for a while. Yeah, it was a cute little experiment. So this was something, This it, it was caught in a commercial, a mm -hmm. Smash commercial, and someone just saw it, and I guess that's how it leaked. I think Jonathan Dornbush actually noticed this. Yeah, it's just, it's in the in a blurry shot in the lower right corner. Yeah. You can clearly read it, though, when you zoom in. Um, so I don't know if they were seeding that. You know, sometimes companies are oh. sly with their no, marketing. Uh, yeah, they, it was on purpose, for you sure. You think so? There's <laughs> no way that slipped Create through. Hype. So many people have to sign off on a trailer mm -hmm. like yeah. that before but, it goes out. But, you know, it was a very mainstreamy commercial. It wasn't something that any of us would be interested in watching. It had, like, kids going like, yay! You know, oh, like playing. They... <laughs> so I, I don't know, man. I, I think this one may have slipped through. Maybe. I mean, you know, if they had just announced it like stage creator coming, would it have produced less hype than we found this thing? I right? Don't know. Like I don't maybe? Know. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, let us know. At least marketing. People. At least we're starting to learn about it, though, because yeah. that the, the 3.0 announcement at the direct was was just the silliest thing. Yeah. Was like, Please hey, be excited. Yeah, yeah. there's a 3.0 yeah. update coming. And great. in general, Thanks, Nintendo's guys. never like great about their updates. Like, even like, you know, I'm still playing Splatoon 2 a whole bunch, and like in game, they're like, "There's an update. Oh, yeah. Check the website." I'm like, "I'm yeah. not going to check the website." <laughs> like, they've gotten better. They've for the latest Splat uh, Splatoon uh, update, they actually provided a little bit more information. Yeah, so, like I really yeah. wish that more like you know companies followed the at least like EA for FIFA model, where it's like it's you, it pops up immediately, and you can just hit X to like, yeah. get out of it. Yeah. Or in this case, A, it's all mapped weird. But I really wish they had something a little bit more transparent uh, as far as that stuff. Well, this one is going to be pretty uh, obvious, I think, when it drops. What, what, yeah. what do you think? Do you think they'll have some other new modes in addition to uh, that? I think so. if they're they're calling it the 3.0 3. So update, there's going to be yeah. more to it. I, there's yeah. definitely going to be more stages. I'm hoping for some Persona stages. 
Well, you'll, you'll definitely get one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one. Yeah. One stage. But no, hopefully. I mean, but the stage. There's a creator, lot of stuff in this game already. Yeah, I know. You're right. Stuff. But I, the stage, the lack of stage creator was the biggest complaint by my group of friends because we used it a lot in our, um, like we, we have tournaments all the time when I go back mm-hmm. home and we would always use the stage creator to make unique, interesting um, maps because we would always play with eight players and sometimes you want something different. What kind of stages did you make? Were they like, I was going to say, so we, like- this is going to sound really lame, but we have, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. So we, we have like a group of like 40 of us that go on this camping trip every year, mm-hmm. which is what we did. 40? Yeah. And we all have played games together. Like when Monster Hunter came out, we all played Monster Hunter together. We all played Smash Online together. Final there are Fantasy, 40 people so. who go camping and play Monster Hunter? Okay, the Monster Hunter is what do you more think like camping. It's like fifteen, but fifteen. Okay, out that's of the still 40 a lot of. I don't, I don't, even, have, I don't even have forty Hunter. friends. No, I don't know. <laughs> fifteen people with the same game. Ten years in the making. That's impressive. <laughs> but um, yeah, I I try. I'm, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> but, what um, what stages did you make? So we we have like a, a logo because we're team teamwork. And okay, that is two, lame. Yeah, I know it's team. <laughs> I know it is lame. But we love each other, and it's fine because we we are full of teamwork but we have like a, a T logo I don't know, I'll share it so we made um, stages with the T logo okay with um, uh, moving platforms going up and down okay, in the cool. center yeah and then I have to get a screenshot okay. of it I have right. so right. many follow up questions but none of them are Nintendo related so no that's totally fine later. we'll save that's them cool later. though yeah I'm not cool I was expecting I'm a super big lame nerd well I do like thinking what, what people how people go about it also um, inappropriate stuff yeah you know of course <laughs> I'm glad you guys are mature. <laughs> We're the most mature. And for mm-hmm. mature. Hey, you signed off on all ev- hiring every one of us. I, it wasn't me. It was Brian Altano doing an impersonation like, To be honest, I wasn't Hello. really paying attention. Okay. I was just on Netflix. Oh, very good. So there is a Twitter account called Can You Pet the Dog in the video game. That's right. Which is doing great work. Yeah. Wonder, it's, it's at Can You Pet the Dog on Twitter. Yeah. So check that out. It is really like the best Twitter account in the world. And it really is. For April Fool's, instead of doing Can You Pet the Dog, they said you can pet the dog, but they would show screenshots of petting cats. And that was my favorite April Fool's goof. But um, Enter the Gungeon added dog petting after they were called out on Twitter for not being able to pet the dogs in Enter the Gungeon. What a great update. That's With, so cute. That's cool. Uh, yeah, with great power comes great responsibility <laughs> for this Twitter account. This is the best video game, or, or not even video. This is the best Twitter account since since CEO Kaz Harai, where it just became it just became crucial to the industry. But do you think this is like uh, like the bullet holes in games? It used to be that you shoot a wall in a, in a game and it wouldn't leave a bullet hole, and then now every shooter has to have it. Like, yeah, you do you think it. every game of the future yes. will have a yes. petable dog if there's a dog in the yeah. game? Yes, unless okay. the dog is dangerous. Because I think, I remember they did for um, Inside, they're like, for Inside, you cannot pet the dog. And someone's I like, see. you should not pet the dog in Inside. Yeah, yeah that's I don't think right. the Or Call it is of, a rabid dog. The Call of Duty Nazi Dobermans are probably uh, going to be off limit. They should let you try. Resident Evil. Just, you know, punish you. Can you pet the dog? <laughs> pet the dog. Yep. See what happens. Right. Be punished for it. But yeah, it's a really fun account. It's like my favorite account on Twitter next to, I think it's called Ditto Electrode. Like the little tiny like Electrode oh, Ditto. Yeah. And it's just pictures of it. Just being cute, doing things. Of ditto, is it electrode? Ditto as an electrode? Or yes, just, it's ditto yeah. as an electrode. Um, I can't remember the direct name of the account, but look it up. It's great. Can those same people that run the Can You Pet the Dog account make like a Can You Make Half Life Three? 
just keep winning it at Valve over and over until it happens. Is Aww. it Half-Life 3 and then every well, time a new game comes out, just say no. Right. you got to be yeah. on brand here. It's got to be Advanced Wars. Also, it's called Ditto underscore Electrode. <laughs> and it's right. just Ditto as Electrode. F-Zero will be mm-hmm. back. Sitting in, just being cute, just sitting in places. <laughs> That's it. It's just a, yeah. it's a photo account. You yeah, know who could account. do, seriously, actually, you know who could do F-Zero really well, I think? Because give Nintendo. A little, well, okay. <laughs> answer me this. I actually don't know. Yeah. Where, where's the original team? Do they still exist? Like, uh, are they still yeah, together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're, so they're, they're still there. But remember, X uh, GX AX was made by AM2 uh, right. Sega. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying, if they wanted uh, amusement, if they didn't want to outsource it. Uh, I just reviewed a game, sadly not coming to Switch, but uh, Dangerous Driving, which is from mm-hmm. the yeah. original creators of Burnout. Yeah. And there's an awesome sense of speed in that game. Like you are flying down the tracks at 200 miles an hour, they could do, you give them a little little yeah. uh, nice budget and some resources, they could do a nice F-Series. Yeah, I think there's, uh, I mean, there are a whole bunch of competent racing developers, and racing games are sometimes a hard sell, right? Especially without licensed cars, when you're not a Gran Turismo or a Forza, it's, it's tough to break through. Um, I, w- I would love to, f- to see them bring it back. You How know? did we get That's my dragons, games? I don't know. But there are no licensed cars in F Zero, so no budget. Because Ryan's on the show. Oh. Okay. No, he brought it up. Hair yeah. brought it up. Don't Sorry. don't look at me. It's not my fault. Yep. We're gonna make a swear jar, okay. and everyone's gonna have a topic. Okay. <laughs> All right. Advance Wars. Nice. There you go. Put it in. But hey, so Clink. what has everyone been playing recently? I know we talked about SteamWorld Quest, but anything else? I'm Ryan? still playing Yoshi's Crafted World in co-op okay. with my daughter. Same. That's so cute. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's I'm not really playing with your daughter, but I'm, <laughs> I'm playing co-op as well. It's it's, it's a really good uh, parent-kid co-op game. Yep. That seems to be my theme this week, which is fine, because um, you can either you can play it in traditional co-op mm-hmm. where you both have your individual Yoshis and you're both, you know, picking up eggs and mm-hmm. and attacking enemies and and platforming through the level. But in her case, like she said, she's seven. She's not like she's okay with the controller but not like super comfortable mm-hmm. overall with certainly not with a with a, a platformer that's yeah. uh, I don't know how the heck I started with platformers with Super that's, Mario Brothers that's all there was right, right? I mean nice. you're right but uh, that's neither here nor there but um, so what I like about Yoshi's Crafted Worlds co-op is uh, one player can just hop on the other Yoshi's back mm-hmm. and then you're just the gunner basically and so I can do all of the platforming which is the, you know, the more difficult mm-hmm. dexterous work and then she can just shoot the enemies with with the eggs that we pick up so yeah been having a really good time with yoshi's crafted world that with her like a really thoughtful feature all nintendo's so good at that i don't think they get enough um credit for the thought they put into features that help parents play with their kids yeah. you know just even mario brothers um you know just got re-released on switch and it has these kind of help functions to let you get through a level more easily or have easier players and all that. It's, it's just great. Captain Toad's also really, really mm-hmm. cool now with the update in co-op, if you haven't downloaded that I need yet. To play that. It's, it's so hard to die in that game. It's more <laughs> about puzzle solving. It's really perfect for, for um, younger kids too, but it has some good stuff in it. I'm playing Yoshi as well, but I've, I've gone back to playing single player because the um, some of the flowers and coins are actually pretty well hidden. Mm-hmm. So I like the kind of like, almost, I'm almost at the end of the level, I'm like, Dang, you know, I missed the flower, yeah, you know, you and go I back. go back and you try to figure out some of the mechanisms that let you get to them. Uh, it's a very easy game. It's hard to die in that game, um, but if you don't pick up any of the costumes, uh, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit more difficult. Yeah, you get, you get mm-hmm. between like three and five extra hit yeah. points if you if you have so, a costume. Really? So if yeah, you I, anybody one. who's an experienced player, just leave the costumes off. Yeah. They're, they're, they're cute, so cute, but yeah. it just yeah. it I makes it so easy. Can. There's no challenge in it at all. So yeah. 
The, you're looking at me like I'm going to still wear those the cardboard. Well, yeah, they're adorable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd rather I lost. look like a trash. The can. bullet bill yeah. one's good, where the arms just kind of flap around. You can, yeah. you can just let yourself get hit a couple times, and then you can still look cute for the rest of the whip for the rest of the level. Okay, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that game's really good. I, I was working on the walkthrough for it. I just did um, some game capture for the hidden hills, like the challenge mm-hmm. levels, which was those are really really hard um, and really like well designed uh, I do think it's kind of unfortunate that with like some of Nintendo's co-op like it works really well for like the parent child thing but not super well for just like two apt players experienced together. players yes because like I know with the co-op um, a lot of people said the same thing you said Ryan where it's like oh with my kid it's perfect because they can just like I can just yep. carry them through but when you're playing with two people like it's so easy to eat the other person and That's when true. you do you they lose all their all the eggs fall on the ground that is true and yeah. if like let's say I'm playing with Casey if I eat Casey and all her eggs are on the ground, this is a weird sentence, but like, <laughs> but um, eggs. and I'll be like, okay, well, it's an accident. I'll try to get her to pick it up, but maybe I pick it up by accident, but mm-hmm. I have too many eggs. They're just gone now. Yeah. Right. So I think that becomes a little bit cumbersome and frustrating, but um, but I do like the design of the game. For me, um, I'm mainly just playing, like I'm kind of in between stuff. So mm-hmm. I always go back to like um, ongoing games when I'm in between games. So I'm just doing Tetris 99 still. And I just finished Poi, which came out like a way long ago. But wow. it's Poi. Um, it's like an indie game. I think Brian talked about it on the show before. But it's an indie game. Um, it's a platformer. It's very, very Super Mario 64. But honestly, does a lot to make itself unique as well. Like they have these really fun like challenge levels, and like I think it does enough to like pave its own way. Uh, it also kind of reminds me of Sunshine, just because they have like the exact same type ropes like line throughout mm. the levels. So it gives you those vibes for sure. Um, but really fun platformer. Has a physical release too, which is awesome. Uh, so I just beat that and then um, in there that's one plan I really want a Switch remake of Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, a lot. I know yeah. a lot of but people do. The problem Put it is going the, in the swear jar. But with yeah. the um, one issue, I think someone actually brought up probably on NBC, but the um, the triggers on the Switch don't have like I don't know the There's word. No, for, they're not no, analog. Like, yeah, they don't have the clicky. And yeah, not hey, if they yeah. can make trials work. Yeah. On, on the switch, on the but switch. does it r- work well? But uh, then you it, can you can bring yeah. you can bring sunshine. Trials works all right, but yeah, sunshine. You have to sometimes you have to spray the water kind of downward exactly. to hit yeah. like a windmill or something. They would have to either change those puzzles or give you. You could probably use maybe like a shift key almost well, to do the, strong or, or weak. Yeah. yeah, figure out a way to use motion controls for it somehow. Mm, that could yeah. be good. Yeah. I mean, the, the, even with the pro controller, like if you maybe tilt. Oh, good action. point. Yeah, you could yeah. just tilt. Yeah, play point. Make it happen. Let's go. No, that's a good idea. That's it. Solved. Done. We're game designers. We're not. No, not at all. Get us the game. <laughs> so I've been playing SteamWorld Quest like we talked about, and I also finally finished The World Next Door, which we talked about not last week, but the week before. Yeah. And I completely agree with Tom that it the, that game just ends, and the way it ends kind of puts a damper on the rest of the game. Really? Yeah. There are just a lot Don't spoil of... It, but I'm not going to spoil just it. Just unsatisfying or there like mean-spirited? There are loose ends. Oh, I see. Okay. Just they introduced a lot of different um, plot points yeah. and then don't solve any of them. Oh, uh, that's too bad. And um, But I did learn something which is really cool is that you can um, basically unlock different plot points depending on who you talk to and what you do during mm-hmm. the daytime when you talk to everyone. And Tom went into a different branching path and learned some things that I did not. Mm-hmm. But still, he still ended the game without learning those plot points. So I'm hoping this means there's going to be a sequel and we can learn more and figure it out. But the game wasn't presented in a way for us to expect, like in episode two. But I hope there's another one because I really enjoyed it and I liked it a lot. I thought the puzzle sequences were really cool, which is a side quest, so it was totally optional. Mm-hmm. But um, I liked it. I, nice. Yeah, except, yeah, the ending, man. I like That's that. too bad. Uh, 
Yeah. Hey, hey Ryan, I know I, mm. you know, speaking of things we're playing, um, I, I was, uh, I keep on extolling the virtues of uh, Mario plus rabbits, and you just interviewed Yves Guillemot. Yes. Uh, yeah. I did do. you ask him whether we're getting another one? I did. It did come up, and uh, so real quick, IGN Unfiltered is I do this. It's a once a month thing. Uh, it's like my little pet project here, and thankfully, pairs never canceled it because it doesn't get a lot <laughs> I of need, views. I need it's a, a good show for the yeah, commute. I love uh, it. So it's for me. It's like it's like inside the actor's studio, but for game developers, where it's a one on one, and I'm usually it's usually like an hour long. And yeah, I have uh, the CEO of Ubisoft, who's it's also by the way, he's the co-founder. Like mm -hmm. he, he's been chairman there since day everything. one. Like. Yeah, he is, and he is, like, tied to it. Like, not just, he's not just, like, a suit who they brought in to run the company. Like, he, he's, he's you, he's you he's of Ubisoft. The, he's the guy. He's yeah. the Ubisoft guy. And he was really great to talk to. And, yeah, I, I brought up, uh, definitely went into the whole working with Nintendo, with Miyamoto, and the whole how the, how Mario and Rabbids came to be. And, and yeah, I, he, he did not shut the door on, on a future opportunity there and I mean you know he's a CEO he's not going to be announcing products on my stupid little show yeah but um, it, yeah it seemed like it was a really good experience for for them and for Nintendo and I would love to see a sequel to that yeah even so even good. if they expanded into if they did a Metroid version or something like oh, did man. some silly crossover with that yeah um, yeah you, you you asked him straight up can we expect more Nintendo Ubisoft co-productions and he said stay tuned or yeah. the equivalent of that uh, I, I really like the interview. You also, um, you, he told you a little bit about the beginnings of Ubisoft and how a 17-year-old Michel Ancel showed him drawings of Rayman. Yep. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah, and they yeah. just, they, they... It was a kid. Yeah. He knew to, that this kid had something. And, yeah. and now, 30 years later, they're still working together. That's amazing. It's, it's yeah. really cool. Uh, but yeah, if, you ever, if you're ever curious to hear from game developers, because basically my elevator pitch version of, of, of the show is... I do unfiltered because I often find the stories behind the games and the game creators to be as interesting, sometimes more interesting than the games themselves. And it was awesome that that got the CEO of Ubisoft to come in, and it was a really good episode. So it's on YouTube or IGN. It's also its own podcast. So if you just on anything you want to listen or watch, mm -hmm. search for IGN Unfiltered, and uh, there are forty epi forty one episodes now. Um, sadly, not a lot of Nintendo people because that's. It's a sort of a tough wall to crack. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I'd, I'd love to get Reggie on, especially now that he's leaving and he could really speak Unveil to Unveil all the secrets. But, you know, <laughs> what really would never. I'm not <laughs> not holding my breath for that, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of great game developers I've spoken to over the the few years I've been doing the show. That's awesome. It's a, it's a really good show. Thank I you. Uh, it, it, I, you know, we 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 drive Tesla's and it's very easy to listen to podcasts. You just yeah, you just you call just it up. search for the show in there, and so I've got unfiltered the whole uh, the whole yeah. list already. I think we take through. the Bart, so you know, yeah. can just Perfect. listen on there. Put it in your ear. You just type it in. And nine times yeah. out of ten, yeah. I can't get a seat, so I can't That's play right. Switch, but I can listen. <laughs> can try to drown out the noise of everyone else around you. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we're sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So last week, Zach Ryan asked everyone to write into NVC at IGN.com, and it looks like you guys delivered, and we have a ton of questions to answer, and that means it's time for Question Block, which is a game. No. Do we have a sound effect for that? No. I was just thinking, like, I need it. Question yeah. Block. It needs, no, it needs to be Mario <laughs> hitting, the, <laughs> hitting the Question Block. Ding, 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 ding. Okay, all right. All right, we'll get that. So we'll just say, ding. We'll, all right. We'll get all people that. on that. Done. <laughs> Done. Export That's as MP3. <laughs> So first up from Lee Forgione uh, says, hey, NBC guru. 
what I was going to say group and crew. So I said group. I'm with you. We're I am. Grooves. I am Gru. We are Gru. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Long time listener, first time writer. I recently read an interview in which chief creator at HAL Laboratory, Shinya Kumazaki, was asked about what Kirby's feet look like. <laughs> His response was that the mysterious composition of Kirby's body is top secret. <laughs> no, how he said that with a straight face. I was curious about what you guys think is underneath those Kirby shoes. Thank you for humor. Well, I'll find out when the live action film set in the real world is made uh, next year following when Sonic mm. makes and Mario. $600 million. Well, well Pokemon is going to make the big bucks, <laughs> let's be honest. No, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for but Sonic's going to. There have well. been, this has been the subject of many memes. And there are horrible pictures on the internet of yes. Kirby with like human feet. Yeah, that, and it looks that's what so I usually awful. see. Here, let's. I'm looking it up. Oh Rubai, guys, don't do it. No, don't do it. No, I must. Oh, uh, uh. Why did you do it? Right, Honestly, I want to turn this around, but I can't. But anyway, if you want to share in our experience, just Someone Google trade Kirby's feet. I mean, they're just pink people feet. No, that's I I think he just has normal bubblegum feet, just like the shape of his shoes. Yeah, that's exactly. it. I agree. I, that would make sense. I think it's exactly how his little hands are. Like yeah. those little like round He's nubs. Amoeba yeah. like. But on, yeah. Yeah. On that's his what feet. would make sense. That's and, right. You know I how. Mean, Kirby's running around saving the world. He's got to have ergonomically shaped shoes. It'd be awesome. I mean, you know how in, in first-person shooters for years there was a, it was a technical limitation. You'd look down in a first-person shooter and you couldn't see your body or yeah. your feet. Right. That's that's how Kirby just is. Huh. You just look. Yep. You, there's nothing there. You can't see it. I'd love to think that he has super hairy, nasty feet. No, you know? Hobbit, like Hobbit feet. feet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So from Scott Bigos, he says, hey, guys, with Mortal Kombat 11 coming to Switch, do you think there's a chance of a Mortal Kombat character getting to Smash? If so, which character would it be? No, no. chance. Yeah. No chance. Too violent. Hell. So, so I was thinking that, too. And then I looked at the roster and they got they got Bayonetta um, and Snake. And they were they were M-rated like, games. They I, don't tear the, the heads same. off of <laughs> off of other characters for a living. Yeah. Minus, it's, there's just no way. Minus Bayonetta, where that game's definitely more on the, like, Capital V violence, right. what the game's about, like just you know, really over the top. Um, yeah, Mortal Kombat is based and rooted in its yeah. violence, and its personality comes from its violence. So I'm gonna say no um, for that reason. And even Bayonetta, like I think she had to have like some costume level changes because she was too naked. So yeah. you know, too and, naked. They'd have to like nerf it if they did it, and I think it'd come out really like old school. And it became exclusively Nintendo, so mm-hmm. it was a marketing uh, mm-hmm. idea as well to put it in the game. No, I I don't think we'll we'll see Mortal Kombat characters. No, but Sub Zero would be cool. Never, you just never know. You Sub Zero or Scorpion. Like I couldn't have yeah, predicted Sub-Zero. Persona. I couldn't have predicted Joker. That either. see, well, yeah, right? we're getting, that's we're what getting I was Joker, thinking too. So. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't have even have predicted Mortal Kombat 11 on the Switch. No. So. Yeah. Or <laughs> Doom. Know. Or Doom. Or yeah. Wolfenstein. Sure. Or, yeah. Yeah. We're getting a lot of new things. Um, from John Warner, he says, um, what game genres are missing from Nintendo's catalog? Any ideas on what games could fill those gaps? Personally, I think one of their biggest gaps is stealth games. I think it would be awesome to have a Warrior and Waluigi stealth game that is basically a goofy slash stinky cross between Hitman and A Way Out. <laughs> Been listening for a few like years. That. Thanks for the great show. Ryan, you were a big fan of A, of a, a Way Out. What do you oh, think yeah. about that with Definitely one of my Wario and games. Waluigi? Mandatory co-op. But uh, I would actually go just on the topic I was saying a few minutes ago. But I actually would love to see more first-person shooters on the, the Switch and and stuff. I know it's not the most. It's probably because of the the technical prowess mm-hmm. of the Switch isn't isn't there relative to the other consoles. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to see like Nintendo creators. Like one of my favorite first-person games ever was 
from uh, a Japanese studio that it's a game that would have never been made by the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that game was no one's gonna. I'm this is I'm talking to like one person right now. <laughs> uh, Breakdown for the original Xbox. It was this incredible sci-fi story. You're this guy that woke up with yeah. no memory of. You okay? I didn't if, play this. If you would remember Breakdown, if you remember it at all, it's sort of the scene it, that that it was most famous for, most remembered by, is um, you 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 ate you, you like woke up out of your hospital bed and and there was a, a cheeseburger on on the bedside <laughs> table and you eat it and you get up and you just vomit it right away and <laughs> all in first person, which back this game was from two thousand. Three or two thousand four. Wow! It was it. It never left first person. Like it was, and it did the, the head bobs and everything. Anyway, what was cool about that game was the story. Like you got so powerful as that game went on. There's time travel stuff. It was this really interesting. It was a, it was a melee. It actually wasn't a shooter. It was a it was a melee game. Like yeah. you mostly beat dudes up with your like crazy superpowers. But anyway, that was you know that's the kind of game where I'd love to see like Nintendo and Japanese studios take an approach for a first-person game on the Switch that would be, you know, not just a cookie-cutter version of the same same first-person shooters we see on other platforms. Yeah, I think, I mean, definitely, I, I think Stealth Games is a good point. Um, tactical shooters, you know, we, we have team games like Splatoon. We obviously have Fortnite, but we don't... There, there's not a lot of range, and first-person shooters are... That's simply the most popular genre in gaming ahead of, you know, RPGs, which, which come in second. Um... I would love to see that. I'm a big fan of uh, of RTS games, and there's just nothing on this on this platform. Be great to see a little bit more. Obviously, we have some turn-based strategy on it, uh, and then real life racing. They're they're. they're just very few games Gear there, but Unlimited, there's not. Is that, is that, yeah, you've yeah, got that, Unlimited. and you've got you know you've you've got some some indie games, but there's nothing. There's not a giant racing title like you have on the other two platforms. Yeah. Yeah, and I think racing in general kind of in some ways just always struggles. I mean, there is mm-hmm. like the big like realistic ones like Forza. Yeah. Um, but other than that, like Mario Kart, right? Yeah, like, like yeah. the arcade stuff. racer genre. You know, it, it's not really what it was since like the early the '90s mm-hmm. and the early 2000s. So yeah, I would say that. And then same thing with Ryan said, FPS. Really, just honestly, yeah. any game that requires like high like technical yeah. like like any they're, like yeah any of those they're games coming that, but they're all ports like grid you exactly. know like, like dirt like the, you get some of the older ports coming now but nothing yeah i feel like a lot of the genres that nintendo doesn't end up having on their platforms or because of like the technical limitations mm-hmm. of the hardware so i would say like basically any of those um and that just is kind of the confides of of it being mm-hmm. the system that it is so and, and open world honestly isn't is a challenge too right some of the Which modern open with world the wild, games but like, it's just it's true like but they don't, look how much really work that was yeah. right yeah. but we didn't get get AC Odyssey I mean we're getting we got AC three yeah, now Western RPGs yeah. well, we got I say like streamy <laughs> it's funny I was saying like Skyrim Eastern Eastern <laughs> styled first person games but Western RPGs would be be great to see more of those yeah mm-hmm. for sure like The Witcher yeah. I'd kind of like to see more The Witcher would be perfect Cyberpunk. Witcher three, Cyberpunk could never. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. I, I want. Are we getting Tropico six on the Switch? I, I'm not I, sure. That's a good question. Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look that up. It's been a good series according, for a long time. According to our April Fools, everything is everything coming is to coming Nintendo to Switch. Switch. So I'm going to uh, say yes. No, uh, I don't think it will. No. Nope, it's not among no, the firm huh? consoles. I'm going to say. But no. so yeah, so more games like Tropico six, and like I think the same developers also made. Uh, this game called Surviving Mars, which mm-hmm. is a similar mm-hmm. type of game, which you you manage a colony on Mars. I want to see more uh, city, country, 
management games because I think that kind of genre fits okay. really well with the kind of handheld when you pick it up, like make a few decisions, you know, put it in pause, pick it up later. Mm-hmm. It's not the type of like actiony need to yep, be yep. in the moment right now. We got Civ Six. We've got some yeah. c- uh, cool kind of like car mechanic games, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But yeah, it's something yeah you're right. I want more. Mm-hmm. So from William Lang, he says, hey, MVC, first off, thanks to all the awesome humans and Brian, who is not an awesome, right? Like, all the awesome humans and Brian making the show and reminding me why Nintendo is so special every week. My question is, are there any games you ever sold or traded in that you look back on now wondering what in God's name you were doing? Get the thing, Will, UK. Oh, my God. I have, like, the worst one ever for this. It's so bad that I shouldn't even say it. No, it's too egregious. too late now. You have to do it. But as, like, a... Well, when I was a kid, I know maybe no one else can relate to this, but you kind of like got rid of a lot of your stuff when mm-hmm. new stuff came out because you're like, I don't need the N60, I don't need the SNES, the N64 is here. So literally, like a lot of my game collection just straight in the trash, <gasps> not traded in, not no. given away. Like I like lost everything. I like don't have my old N64. Like my first system was the wow. SS. SNES Junior uh, was my first console that I personally owned. Don't have that anymore. Game GameCube gone. Wavebird gone. All of it mm-hmm. is basically no. gone. And I only have a few like random remnants left from it. And some of it was like somewhat intentional, and some of it was just like through moves and like that kind of thing. Kind yeah. of just, like lost in the wayside. But like so much of like PS2 earlier mm-hmm. just gone. So I really regret that. I think about it all the time. And I, I even wondered like my brothers like because um, we moved out of. Um, my parents' house, like when we were like younger, like me, when my parents like split up, I like mm-hmm. went to live with my dad, and then like in my mom's old house, like it's now sold to someone else, and we're like, I wonder if like the GameCube's in the crawl space <laughs> somewhere. Would it be weird to go? Like, what if we just showed up and tried to see if that all that old stuff was there? So those would be my big like regrets. Um, but as far as selling stuff, whenever I sell stuff, I usually just like, need the money, so I'm like, yeah. it's not really a big deal. And if I, and that's what I like about physical that you can just sell it and keep getting mm-hmm. new stuff and keep rotating it out because. I don't replay stuff that often, and I notice yeah. that like what I regret the most is getting rid of the hardware, even though the hardware is not that expensive. Like, yeah. especially with like older stuff, like I really took care of my consoles. So like now, like my new N sixty four, it's like a little bit janky because you know people mm-hmm. don't like keep it as clean and as nice as like I did when I was a kid. So those would be like my big regrets, just like a trash bag full of the greatest hits of the GameCube. This question makes me sad. Um, I, when when I was in college, I, in, in Japan, I used to buy Super Famicom, Super NES mm-hmm. games, and then story-based games, when I finished them, I'd bring them back to the store, do this big trade-in thing, and buy new ones, and um, you know, finance that with my part-time job at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, unfortunately, that, that meant all of the big square RPGs, Final mm-hmm. Fantasy IV, Final Fantasy V, Dragon Quest, all of those games went back to the store after I finished them and like I changed my mind with FF6 so I, I still have 6 mm-hmm. in the Japanese version from them and some of the later games like Live Alive um, Second Den Sets of Secret of Mana 2 all that stuff but um, yeah the early games I traded all of them back so sad yeah I want them again similar thing for me I remember so the NES was my first system and uh, I ended up owning a bunch of systems over time but you know we were as pretty much straight down the middle of the road middle class mm-hmm. so if I wanted another one, it was like, you know, save the birthday money right, and right. save up and the allowance and all that. And then I'd have to trade in mm-hmm. whatever I had. And so, you know, the NES was my first system. And I, I probably had a good, I don't know, 10 or 12 games. Um, and yeah, all of it got traded in be- mm-hmm. to, to move into the 16 bit era. And it, you know, in hindsight, that was like, oh, I wish I, I mean, it made, you know, like mm-hmm. you were saying, Janet, it made, makes a ton of sense at the time. Right. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, it's like, oh, I kind of wish I'd kept it. Although, thankfully, 
the NES Classic has alleviated a lot of that uh, that self-imposed guilt mm-hmm. <laughs> from yeah. from unloading that system. But you know, especially because the controller is exactly the same, so it's it's a really you know similar experience. There's you know the NES Classic doesn't have everything that in my collection on it, and I wish it just. I don't understand why the NES Classic <laughs> it doesn't just have an Ethernet or a Wi-Fi chip in it and literally have every single game that Nintendo could legally acquire the rights to and Are sell for that'll be the switch. That'll be the switch. I mean, yeah. I hope so yep. because you know I'd like to buy. I had like you know it'd probably be terrible now, mm-hmm. but just I had the the whatever the NES uh, port of. Paperboy yep. from the arcade was, oh my and God, that was Paperboy so hard. It's so hard, and like I would love to try it now. I'll bet I would do worse at it now than of when course. I was mm-hmm. a kid. But you know, Paperboy, a uh, Road Blaster is another like old yeah. futuristic arcade racing game. But yeah, there were a lot of games like that. I, uh, I, Ninja Turtles two, the arcade game, mm-hmm. the port of of the uh, you know. The, so there's lots of stuff like that where that I I'd, I'd still love to have access. Yeah, there's something nice too about like you mentioning kind of those obscure titles, like the weird stuff you had because everyone well. Mostly everyone, if you like really liked games, had those big hits. But like, it's the weird stuff that you get really excited about. Like, I still do have some of my um, PSP UMDs, and like, I found my old UMD of Hitch a few weeks ago, like the movie Hitch, and I was so wow. excited. I was like, oh my god! Wow! I watched so much of this at my grandma's house when she didn't have cable, and I was so bored. So I, I love like that weird stuff too, and I think that's what goes missing when you do kind of almost start kind of filtering out that personal collection. Game, games with that. licenses built in. So obviously, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to play an old Madden game now, you oh. know. Or yeah. any any of the games that used to have the NFL license or the FIFA license, all of that. Uh, I did trade in Ogre Battle too for the Super NES, and that's not included in any collection now. Mm-hmm. So you can't even get that with with Super NES Classic. Uh, those are bummers. So my my I had the sort of thing whenever I got a new console, my parents would be like, "All right, you got to get rid of mm-hmm. your old one." Oh no! And yeah, so um, they tried to pull that when they got me the Sega Genesis, and I had a Super Nintendo, and I just. I refused. <laughs> we Good. It. But then when I got the 64, my so my mom did it in a different way at that point. Actually, this was before the 64. It was when I was still in elementary school, and she came to me and was like, hey, you have cousins in Oregon that could <gasps> would really appreciate a game system, and you have a Sega Genesis now, and you have a Game Boy now, so they would really, really appreciate these games. And I was like... Okay, mom, you can send them my Super Nintendo. Oh and my I, god! I wrote them a letter. Oh my god! My, and, and with like, you know, they used to have those book fairs yeah. in yeah, elementary yeah. school. Classic book fair. Yeah, I, I had a game fair. code book full of codes for Super Nintendo games. So I like wrote a letter. It's like these are all the pages of the best codes with the games that oh I my have. God, that's and too I sent cute. them to, to I was like, I don't know. I was probably in like the, the fourth. How guys grade. write a review? Yeah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> take this how you think. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Lion King. The second level was garbage. Just yeah, skip how, it with uh, this uh, code. How precious for your career that that's that's, <laughs> that's really uh, adorable. Yeah. Those were those were hard hard copy wikis right there. Yeah, yeah, it was. And then with the 64, when I got the GameCube, my parents were like, "Okay, get rid of it." And I again said, "No," but I did get rid of all games that mm-hmm. weren't Zelda or Pokemon, and that included Banjo Tooie and Smash, and I still regret that. Wow. Yeah, and Mario. <laughs> I Part still II. have Kazooie and Tooie and all that stuff. Yeah, and some other 64. I lost Blastcore again. Yeah. So I I lost Blastcore back in the 90s, the rare game. And then I bought it again, and it disappeared again, and I bought it again, and now it disappeared again. Uh, Wait, isn't it, on, isn't it on Rare Replay? Um, yeah, but it's, it's not the same. I want my, my copy for my that's N64. Fair. Yeah, Rare Replay. 
It just I don't even know where that is. <laughs> That's somewhere in my house. The cropping of Digitally on your Xbox, I hope. I feel yes. like River Replay didn't really work oh, yeah. as well as people thought it would. Because that cropping, too, they had like that weird like visual on the side. It was just kind of awkward yeah. looking. I don't know. Yeah. So we have one final question for Question Block this, uh, this week, and it is from Dylan Jensen. He says, NVC crew, who of the NVC team has the best mustache? Who of the Nintendo world has the best mustache? If these two picks are chosen, who would win in a fight? Bestest of wishes, Dylan Jensen. For Nintendo World, I would say Wario because it's so zaggy that has to take a lot of time. Well, Wario, what does Waluigi's look like? It's like, isn't it curved on the side? Yeah, it's okay. Like a, I, like think that I agree with you. Thing. It is It is Wario. Wario is a better I mean, it'd be definitely, I would love to see Waluigi against Zack Ryan because they're basically the same person. Yeah. Well, That's true. That's according to the phrase. They have the yes. same legs, by the way. Look up, I mean, look guys, up pictures of Zach see? Ryan and Waluigi. Yeah, did you guys see Zach's costume last year? Because he what was, was it, Casey? It was Waluigi. Yeah, you was, couldn't tell. It was really good. It was so creepy. It's a really good I thought costume. he had finally come to kill us. <laughs> Waluigi. Yeah. Why am I not on Smash? <laughs> no. Uh, I would say uh, Jonathan from season three of Queer Eye. No. Oh, wait. Sorry. Huh. Nintendo characters. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, Somebody out there got that reference. I got it's that. Fine. Yeah, right here. <laughs> four people. Yeah, how could it? How could it be anybody other than than Waluigi? I mean, that's just mm-hmm. that's the quintessential. Or answer. Wario, Wario, Waluigi. I still think Wario's got a good it's, one. It's very elaborate. It's not good yeah. looking, but he worked really hard on it. Right. And I can so, respect. Still, that. that's a hard hitting question. So who of who like in, was it just? Zach? Are we the counting? Oh, Zach. Are Zach's we counting? Wait, are we counting Sam? Oh. As part of the NVC crew because Sam's got a good okay. mustache. No, Sam has a better mustache. He does, yeah. but I wouldn't right. consider him NVC. I think of him more as Game Scoop. I don't know. Yeah, that's fine. Don't tell him I said that. He's but. super, super NVC. Super NVC. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, Sam. so I want you guys to tell us Warrior, Roll Luigi, and then Sam or Zach, who has the best mustache. Okay. And we're we're considering uh, time it takes to style. Actual appearance this and elaborateness. Is, this is going to be Sam in a landslide. Yeah, <laughs> an absolute. So just... please let us know. Put in your votes for for those uh, those four. As far as which character or which versus the actual people would win, uh, Wario could kill anyone because he's gross and he has that motorcycle. It could just run down people. That's true. Waluigi. Um, I don't think he could kill Sam, but I do think he could kill Zach Ryan. Wow, it's like dark. Zach would just make snide also, comments. You're, you're right. Would just like, Wario can't down. die it in does some of these who, who would win in a fight? And I the whole, it is a, it is a two-part question. Who would win in a fight? You will have both of those parts answered. Dylan, what have you wrought? <laughs> We're going to be thinking about this all week. All week. We want answers. Give us, leave us answers in the comments, and we'll we'll talk about it next week as well. So, but that is about all the time we have this week on NVC. Janet, where can we find you? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Gameonysis, which is Game O N Y S U S. And I, think I, can bring um, it back. I did. I yeah. brought it back. And there that's basically where you find me. I'm also on um, Facebook page and Instagram under the same handle. Awesome. Pear Steiner, I guess it's on the screen. So Pear IJN, you can see it right, right <laughs> down Well, that's there. only YouTube, so. Yeah. Well, you, got, yeah. you got audio yeah. listeners. Yeah. Pear IJN. Yeah, audio, audio listeners. listeners. Thanks you, for the support. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan and uh, mentioned it before, but yeah, if uh, check out IGN Unfiltered sometime. You might like it. And again, uh, you can find me at ShinyKCD. I'm Casey DeFritis. And thank you so much for listening to NBC IGN's Nintendo podcast. You can listen on your favorite podcasting platform or watch on YouTube every Thursday at 3 p.m. And remember, this is the only place you can get the thing. thing. Yeah. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.